Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, we'll be looking at disappointing growth projections from Amazon and Snap and the unmasking of a billionaire retailer accused of racist and sexual harassment. Then, we'll see how the White House is responding to a group of Central American migrants headed for the U.S. border. Plus, ahead of Brazil's second round of voting on Sunday, we'll take a look at the expected presidential winner and why some fear he might mean the end of Brazilian democracy. I'm Eric Krupke. And I'm Lila Raptopoulos. And here's the news you need to start your day. The Nasdaq rebounded almost 3% yesterday in New York trading, paring back some of the loss it suffered on Wednesday. But the rally came just ahead of third quarter results from Amazon, Alphabet, and Snap, which all reported after the bell. Amazon blew past expectations on earnings for the second consecutive quarter, but said their expected net sales in the fourth quarter would only grow between 10 and 20 percent year on year. That's below Wall Street's forecast, which was 22 percent. The holiday shopping season is crucial for retailers, and shares in Amazon dropped as much as 9 percent in after-hours trading. And Google's advertising business grew less than expected in the third quarter. Revenue growth slowed to 21 percent, down from 26% last quarter. Google's parent company, Alphabet, also reported a jump in costs and capital spending. Alphabet shares were down by almost 5% in aftermarket trading yesterday. Snapchat's parent company reported another drop in daily users and said it expects further declines before the end of the year. That sent Snap shares down as much as 10% in after-hours trading. In July, the Daily Telegraph tried to publish the name of a top executive accused of sexual harassment and racial abuse, but the Court of Appeal blocked the paper from making it public. Now, that man has been unmasked. I feel it's my duty under parliamentary privilege to name Philip Green as the individual in question, given that the media have been subject to an injunction preventing publication of the full details of a story which is clearly in the public interest. It turns out Sir Philip Green, the billionaire retailer whose brands include Topshop, was the target of the allegations. He was publicly named yesterday in the House of Lords by Peter Hayne, the former Labour cabinet minister. Sir Philip was alleged to have been the subject of complaints from five people, all of whom settled after receiving, quote, substantial payments. The settlements also contained non-disclosure agreements. The use of these agreements has been in question since earlier this year. That's when Zelda Perkins, who accused Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein of sexual harassment, appeared before a parliamentary committee to lobby to change the law surrounding NDAs. Sir Philip's case is still working its way through appeal, and he denies the allegations. U.S. President Donald Trump will dispatch more than 800 troops to the U.S.-Mexico border to meet a caravan of migrants from Central America. According to CNN, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis is preparing to deploy the troops to provide, quote, fencing, wall materials, and other technical support. Mattis said the troops would not engage in, quote, lethal operations. The caravan now consists of thousands of migrants traveling mainly on foot from countries like Guatemala and Honduras. They're fleeing things like gang violence and poverty and hope to apply for asylum in the U.S. President Trump has ramped up his anti-immigrant rhetoric in anticipation of the migrants reaching the U.S. border. And guess what? We're not allowing them in our country. We want safety. The group of migrants recently crossed into Mexico, but they likely won't reach the U.S. until at least next week. 
The caravan has sparked heated debate among U.S. politicians ahead of midterm elections, which take place the first week of November. And here's something you might want to know more about. Brazilians will go back to the polls this Sunday for the second round of voting in their national elections. Jair Bolsonaro is the expected winner. He came out ahead in the first round, and many predict he'll win the second. He's a seven-time congressman and a divisive figure. Millions of Brazilians will likely vote for him because they see his liberal economic policy ideas as the potential savior of the Brazilian economy, which is coming out of one of its deepest recessions in history. But besides his economic proposals, Bolsonaro is probably best known for his disparaging remarks. The FT's Brazil bureau chief, Joe Leahy, is here to tell us about the man favored to lead the country. Well, Bolsonaro has made a career out of my heat shocking remarks, in fact, over seven terms in Congress. So one of his most famous is he told a, a leftist congresswoman when he's having an argument with her, he said that he wouldn't rape her because she didn't deserve it. In another one, he said that he would be incapable of loving a homosexual son. He said that he'd prefer his son to die in an accident than to show up with a man with a moustache. And in a speech last year, he spoke about a black community in which he said that the people were, were completely lazy. He, he said that they, they did nothing. He said that they, the, the lightest one weighed over 100 kilos. And he used a term for weights, which is usually used for animals. And he said that they were not even good for procreation. So he's had his, his fair share of these kind of comments. Some people think he's actually a threat to democracy in Brazil. Why is that? So some people do fear that he may be a threat to democracy, and that's mainly based on his commentary in the past. He's an apologist for the military dictatorship. He said things such as that he, you know, the, the first day he gets into the presidency, he, he would shut the Congress. He said um, the only mistake that the military regime did before it finished in 1985 was it didn't kill enough people. In general, he made a lot of these extreme comments a fair time ago, but he has stood by some of them. For instance, very recently, he was still praising the the use of torture. Brazil's a little bit different from a lot of other emerging democracies in that the power is not very centralised in Brazil. There's a lot of different independent power centres. So you have independent public prosecutor's office. They've proven their independence with, with huge corruption investigations that they've done. You've got an independent judiciary and Supreme Court. Even the military itself has stayed out of politics since the last dictatorship. And then you have the states, which in Brazil are extremely powerful. So it's hard for one person, no matter how extreme their views, to move Brazil in one direction very quickly. The other thing that's challenging for him is unlike other authoritarian leaders that have come in recently, he doesn't really have a strong economy behind him. He's, he's coming into a very weak economy. So unless he can get the engines of the Brazilian economy firing, He's going to have a bit of a challenging time getting that sort of popularity that he might need if he wants to undertake authoritarian measures. He, he is popular, though, among some Brazilians. Some people think he's the only chance to save Brazil's economy. What are some proposals he's made to do that? Jair Bolsonaro, he used to be, during his seven terms in Congress, nearly 28 years, he used to be a, a nationalist and someone who was against privatization. But somewhere during the past 
few years, he, he underwent a conversion and now is a professed believer in liberal economics. And he now has a, an advisor, Paulo Guedes, who is a Chicago University trained liberal economist. And the two of them together are promising to deliver a package, which the most important thing is um, pension reform. Brazil's pension system is going to send the state broke unless they do something about it over the next couple of years. But they're also promising a, a massive package of privatizations. Brazil has these huge state-owned companies that are used for patronage and often end up being the, the source of corruption in the state. These are among the, a couple of things that they're planning to do. If they can deliver these, they'll please markets, but it's a big if because of Mr. Bolsonaro's past as, a, as an economic nationalist. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. If you're enjoying the briefing every morning, we'd really appreciate if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you like and what you'd like to hear more about. And make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Eric Krupke, Fiona Simon, and Amy Keene. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek. Robert Trimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.